Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. Sarah. Yes, Strangely? You know how we're doing a season of all shows from the old Nick at Night programming block? Wait, is that what we're doing? Yes, Sarah, that's what we're doing. I, I'm sorry, I was here for the discotheque. <laughs> uh, I know you're not as excited about it as I am, but all I can think about today is the Batman, specifically Pat's Bat. Instead of talking about Malcolm in the Middle, which is technically a Nick at Night show, can... Can we just talk about the 1966 Batman, which I know you're always up to talk about? Uh, hell yes. Well, in that case, Sarah, what do you know about the 1966 television program, Batman? (laughs) Okay, here's the thing. I watched so much of this show in reruns when I was a kid. Now, we're, we're breaking the theme just a little. We're bending it a little. Batman technically did air on Nick at Night, but long after both of us had stopped watching. However, yes. I don't know what station I did watch this show on, but I watched a ton of this as a kid, and my brother and sister and I were all obsessed with it. We loved it. It's so bright and colorful and silly and cartoony and fun, and the villains are freaking bonkers, and uh, I, I loved this show so much. And I'm so stoked. I don't know if I've ever seen the pilot, is the thing. You know, when you were a kid watching things in reruns, you just caught things... Often they were playing them totally out of order, even if they were playing like a block. So, I have no idea what's set up in in the pilot. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's probably either Catwoman or Joker. But, I don't know. Could be someone else. To the best of my knowledge, I have never watched a full episode of this. (gasps) Oh, strangely. Oh, oh, strangely. We're going to have such fun. I mean, like, pretty much everything from it I have absorbed through childhood osmosis. Well, then strangely, you tell me. What do you know about Batman? I mean, like, I have absorbed quite a bit of this just from being a very geeky child and, you know, comics and things. You know, it's a it's a recurring theme this season that my family didn't have cable mm-hmm. when I was growing up. So, yeah, I was spoiled. You know, it's something that, like, I would see bits and pieces of here and there. And I, it was cool. Like, the costumes were, were cool and stuff like that. But um, it didn't have as much of a click with me as a kid as uh, Green Hornet. I saw quite a bit of Green Hornet as a now, kid. There's one I never watched. I, I think I caught little bits of it. I, I like I know what yeah. he looked like. His um, uh, uh, chauffeur. Uh huh. Was like his sidekick. Yeah. Okay. So I have a vision of that guy, and I maybe some words, some names, or something. But yeah, I I never really got into that one. Yeah, I think it was side. I think Bruce Lee was the chauffeur, Cato, and he was oh. like, oh yeah, yeah. But this was like this was before I was aware of Bruce Lee. Sure. You yeah. Know, so yeah. It was just like no whole... idea who played the Green Hornet. Uh. Seth Rogen. No, wait. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. But uh, but Batman, so it's just like, you know, Adam West, um, you know, pass me the bat 
insert name of whatever, you know, Holy Rusted Metal Batman, like all that kind of... Excuse me, Holy Rusted Metal is from... I, yeah, is I know, but I'm saying like, but yeah, I understood... Holy, holy thing thing. Yeah, when I watched Batman Forever that they were referencing yeah. that old Adam West. So like, yeah. I have enough of a sort of a working knowledge of it. And of course, Eartha Kit as Catwoman, like, gotta, gotta love it. But, uh... Is that the only Catwoman that you're familiar with? Uh, there were three... Three different actresses played Catwoman. Okay, well that's the, that's the one I've seen. Yeah, some. Or the kid is a legend. Yeah, but as a kid, Julie Newmar was my Catwoman. Uh, see, the, the, this will be a something to discover for me yeah. as I check. The show I well, out. I don't know if she'll be in the pilot, uh, uh, either one of them. But I don't know which woman came first. We always saw them out of order. Yeah. Um, Lee Merriweather was the third one, and I'm sure she was a nice lady. But to, as a kid, she always felt like a poor man's Julie Newmar. <laughs> Or the kit was at least doing something very different. She was a whole different... Nobody was trying to fool you into thinking these were the same Catwoman, right? Yeah. They did not care. Uh. <laughs> also, the, there were two Riddlers. Uh-huh. Frank Gorshin and Sean... Uh, Sean Astin. <laughs> Baby, Sean Astin toddling around. Uh, John Astin. Sean Astin's dad. <laughs> and then the last thing that I know about this show uh, is that... Uh, Cesar Romero, is that his name? Did uh, not want to shave off his mustache to sure play the Joker, not. which is a choice. <laughs> and I just, I just like. They could have just given the Joker a mustache, but like they, they wouldn't budge on the Joker having a mustache, and he wouldn't budge on shaving off his yeah. mustache. But they simply had to have him, I guess. Yeah, and it's just like. I, I remember seeing that as a kid, and this is one of those very formative experiences as a child where you see the cracks in, like, the adults run the world mm-hmm. uh, order, where it's like, you're watching this thing, and this guy is meant to be the clown prince of crime, and he's like a clown, he's got all his clown makeup on, and, you know, I, as a kid, I'd seen the Michael Keaton Batman film, so, like, I had an idea of a Joker in my mind already. And then there, there's this guy comes out and he's just wearing white face paint. You know, he's made up to look like the Joker. And they've just grease painted his mustache white to just make <laughs> it look like the rest of his face. And like, even as like, you know, a seven-year-old child, I'm like, adults decided this was okay. Here's the thing. And when I was a kid, I didn't notice it at first. I think I was so young when I started watching it that I just went, well, I guess that's what that guy's face looks like. I don't know how old I was when I first saw the original Batman show. Yeah. But I think I was young enough that you're still kind of going like, okay, I guess this is how this is. You just go, okay, I don't know enough about the world to criticize this man's face. Yeah. I'm so sorry to this man. <laughs> he has a lumpy upper lip. Okay. Yeah. It and- wasn't until I was much older. I think somebody told me and my brain like saw him in my mind's eye and went, oh, that's why. <laughs> Yeah, for me as a child, I just like immediately saw through it and was like... Adults are dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adults. Oh my God. Well, have you, have you ever seen Cesar Romero in anything else? Like... Not to the... Not... Oh, I mean, you've not... seen the first Thin Man. Oh, yeah. He plays like the gigolo second husband of the the the, the crazy wife. Oh my God. Yeah. He's like handsome and dangerous. He was younger in that one. Well, there you go. But like, yeah, he's handsome and dangerous. When I first saw it, I was like, oh my God, that's the Joker. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Well, Sarah, shall we go check out Batman? I'm even more excited now. Yes. Let's go watch. Batman!
like a bell. Answer, because they both must be peeled. Right. You peel an orange and you peel a bell, get it? What idiots we are. Now, why couldn't we have worked that out? But what does it mean, though? Right, Commissioner, there's the problem. We all know how this quizzical criminal operates. He deliberately leaves clues to confound us. Clues which may or may not lead to the real crime he's planning. The real crime? Precisely, Inspector Bash. The Riddler contrives his plots like artichokes. You have to strip off spiny leaves to reach the heart. So, that, was, that was so much fun. I'm a little oh, bit, uh, I'm a little bit bouncy about it, but it, instead of us like trying to tag team a recap, Sarah, just like in like six sentences, because I mean everybody is Batman, just like in six sentences. Tell, tell the audience the plot of the episode we just watched. Okay, first of all, are you okay? <laughs> I'm okay. I just had so much fun. Like, okay. just, just, I, okay. I'm so okay. I'm, fun. I mean, Pat, Pat's fun. Bats, <laughs> I've been doped. <laughs> all right. Pat's bats may need to be second place in my brain right now. That's okay. what I'm saying. So just. All right. All right. Let's just here's, summarize this episode and we'll talk the, about stuff. Very quick synopsis. All right. The Riddler is our villain. Mm-hmm. He tricks Batman into trying to arrest him, but it turns out he's not actually doing a crime, so then he's going to sue Batman, and that's going to force him to reveal his identity. This seems like a very big deal, but it's all just a smokescreen to get his attention, to get him to go to this nightclub where he meets Jill St. John, and then he gets drugged. His drink is doped. Dope. Then the drugging Batman is just so the Riddler can kidnap Robin, who is not allowed in the nightclub because he's underage. And, well, Robin, it's, it's the, the law. law. They then kidnap Robin and bring him to their, their lair with his gang and Jill St. John, who is his femme fatale lady henchman. And that's when we get the, will Robin be saved? Will Batman get there in time? Tune in tomorrow. Same time, same channel. No bat yet. Interesting note. And so, I mean, that is the first episode. That's the first episode. But we, we were also reminded that they aired the episodes in halves one day apart. We cannot be left in suspense. So, strangely, take the second episode. The Believe Riddler makes a plaster cast of Robin's face and makes a Robin face mask that Jills and John puts on. And she immediately also gets a little bit shorter and... Uh, <laughs> and less curvaceous. Less curvaceous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they turn on Robin's locator. Batman comes to rescue Robin, ends up rescuing Jill St. John instead. So all of a sudden she's in the Batcave and she's like, it's time for you to die, Batman. And she pulls out a gun. and, and <laughs> He's immediately like, oh, I wondered when you would show your face. <laughs> I managed to burn off the firing pin of your gun with a secret bat laser. <laughs> laser. Okay. Uh so then she runs away from Batman and she's suddenly so afraid that she climbs up the side of the nuclear reactor that powers the Batmobile. Apparently. Which is just sitting there. I forgot uh, about that element. But, you know, they, they kind of do the classic comic booky thing where he's like, no, don't be a villain. I'll save you. And then she falls into Except it. she's and, like, I'm too scared. And yeah. then, like, practically throws herself into the reactor. She's dead. It's very sad. Moving on. It's also a really good explosion effect. This has all been to distract Batman from the Riddler's true purpose, mm -hmm. which is to steal the Prime Minister of Moldovia's 
Moldavia. Woolly Mammoth, Moldavia. <laughs> God. So at the very beginning, the very first thing of the, the, the previous episode, the Riddler introduces himself by planting a small bomb in a commemorative cake at the Moldavian consulate Ro- at Ro- the World's Fair yeah. in Gotham. Sorry, I did not establish that. I I was in too much of a rush to get to the Riddler. Right. Which I mean, who who isn't yeah. really? Uh, Batman was in too much of a rush to get to the Riddler, and that's why everything's going wrong for him. Yeah, he manages to save Robin, but the Riddler gets away, and... The Prime Minister of Moldovia has been showing off Moldovia's crowning treasure, which is a taxidermy woolly mammoth that has been bejeweled with jewels on the outside and entirely stuffed with rare Moldovian stamps, mm-hmm. which... As a, like, saying, like, this is a thing that has suddenly made our country wealthy, being like, all our old stamps that weren't valuable, now collectors want them, so now we have money. It's just kind of a fun detail. It's a ridiculous twist that is very Batman. I Very this show. Very this show. And just the child in me that is still a little into philately was very happy. I'm so happy for you. Anyway, Batman <laughs> solves the Riddler's clues. Batman and Robin jump out of the mammoth, wrecking it and spilling the stamps everywhere. Oh, did they? Yeah, they came from out of there like, but ah, we were hiding in here the whole time. And it's like, they like burst out of the mammoth like a pinata. They so did. Do we need to go roll the clip again? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I like looked, I must have looked away for one second. Yeah. They jump out of the woolly mammoth, which is apparently supposed to be the the crown jewel of this country, which is not Moldova. It's Moldavia? Yeah, they call it Moldavia, which I'm like, did they? What? Was Moldova not called Moldova yet then? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, they destroy it and spill these priceless stamps everywhere. Somehow I just looked away for a second and completely missed that. Anyway, I thought they jumped out of like the wall or something. It is like... Un- it's just, it's mind-boggling. I like, meant for a... this recap to be so much faster. I was going to be like, look, he fools him. There's a mask. She wears it. She dies. And then they jump out of a woolly mammoth. It's fine. It was a super simple recap. Yeah. I, I meant for it to be very, very short. This plot was too circuitous. It defied a simple explanation. Look, this plot is a flat circle, okay? We're just, <laughs> we're, and we're, anyway, they have a big punch-up with the Riddler's henchmen. Pow. And... Zap. Cronk. And then there's an explosion, and the Riddler is presumed dead by all involved, except for Batman's like, is he really? They never found the body. The clown prince of riddles may have... Do they call him the clown prince? No, the the Joker is the the clown clown prince. prince But they called him something similar. Yeah. The Joker and the Riddler are just too damn similar. When the Riddler has his big moment where he like... Ga- he uses laughing gas to knock everybody out. Yeah. And he's like oh, strutting God, around yeah. telling jokes. That's a very Joker move. Yeah. Well, I, okay. As long as we brought it up, I'm yeah. going to mention it. The Joker using laughing gas or something called laughing gas, yeah. a gas that makes people laugh, is a huge part of the, the, the Tim Burton 80s yes. Batman movie, yeah. the first one. And I was like, what well, was that a reference to this? And I went, probably it's just an obvious freaking choice. Yeah. Nitrous oxide is called laughing gas. It lends itself to all sorts of Joker and or Riddler related things. Yeah. I mean, he comes in with a mask on and they're like, who is this man? And some woman, rich woman says, he looks like some sort of vulgar low comedian. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the comedian was from the Watchmen. That's a yeah, different yeah. thing. Anyway. Uh, 
Yeah, the wow, the 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 suit he wears in that scene too. Yeah, We're getting off track, but so was this episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's just no rules when it comes to nope. Nope. when it comes to these it's like 60s the Outback TV Steakhouse shows. over here. Hey, no rules, just right. Yeah. In our what we know, we sort of talked about the general vibe of the show, and 100 percent of what I was expecting going into this is what I got. Yeah. Even though I've never seen the show, this is the vibe that I thought this would have. Yeah. Although I was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. My my conception of this was that it was really silly. Yeah. And it is really silly, but it's honestly, none of this was more silly than any Batman comic book pre-1970s, 80s, whenever they got serious. Right. Darkness. No parents. Like, bef- whenever that, like, turned into the Batman thing. <laughs> Where's the bomb? Yeah. Where's the bomb? World's greatest detective. detective. Okay. (laughs) World's greatest detective. Where's the... Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, like this this ended up being just like such a fun romp. Yeah. Oh God, it was so fun. It was fun every step of the way. And I knew that there was a chance that some of these old shows, when we revisited them, they would not be as fun as we remembered. And it might be a little bit of a bummer. This was everything. This was everything I remembered. A bunch of stuff I'd forgotten and was delighted to be reminded of. Also, they had such a perfect conception of the show right from the get-go. Yeah. It was like the, the, the same time, same channel. I was like, whoa, they hadn't thought of Bat Time and Bat Channel yet. That really surprised me. But that's the only thing. Everything else... There was one character, one character with a name who had speaking lines, who I don't remember. And I think he must have been scuttled pretty quickly, which was Inspector Bash. Oh, yeah. I was like, who's it? Yeah. I was like, who's this guy? I mean, there's the commissioner and there's the chief. Right. I've already forgotten. Oh, I forgot the chief's name. But he says a lot of, like, whimsical Irish exclamations throughout the show. Uh, yeah, that Inspector Bash, I went, do we need another cop? He must be from the comics. It, it seems like it'd be weird to invent this guy i'm not as up on my my batmans as i want to be but yeah (laughs) bringing up the comics is a perfect segue into what i want to talk about which is that the thing that constantly blew me away watching this was how comics accurate it is to a point for years people would get down on comic book adaptations like the x-men movies saying just put them in their comic book costumes just have them wear their costumes just, you know, like that was a rallying cry for nerds. It was yeah. Like, just yeah. do the comics. It's boring when they're all wearing black leather cat yeah. suits. I mean, <laughs> depends on who. <laughs> well, that's the point. When they're yeah. all wearing right. black right. spandex no, I, or whatever. I mean. Boring. Yeah. It is boring. Come yeah. on. It's yeah. boring. I know the original costumes are pretty redonkulous, but like. But that's the thing is that that's what makes these four color funny books fun. Yeah. Is yeah. that they're these redonkulous over the top costumes. And. One of the key ingredients, I think, in the success of the Marvel films is that everybody is so eye-poppingly iconic. They yeah. they get their comic book costumes. Yeah. And they, s- they update them so they don't look ridiculous, yeah. but they still, they're not afraid of colors. Yeah. Everyone has a distinct costume. You know, Captain America's outfit has red, white, and blue and stars, you yeah. know? Yeah. And... And even finding ways to have the mo- to work in the most ridiculous versions of their costumes, like Captain America does wear a very 1940s comics accurate version of his costume when he's doing the USO shows. Right. Like, yeah. They, 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 have... they include the little nod to yeah. the A on his forehead. Why? But 
but to tie it back to Batman, it's like, I love seeing the Riddler being a dude wearing a ridiculous tailored three-piece suit with all question marks on it. Yeah. Like, go for it. And, you know... It was actually a little bit of, in the, in the, yeah, in the first appearance of the Riddler in this show, he's wearing a green bowler hat with a black question mark on the front. He's wearing a green suit covered in question marks. And I went, ooh, I don't remember this outfit. I remember his outfit being way different and way more lame. He's also not wearing his mask in the yeah. first scene. He's just Frank Gorshin's face. Yeah. And because he's being the, just the normal Riddler. He's being the, the Riddler who doesn't do crimes, apparently. But then in the very next scene we see him in, it's boring, weird, lumpy green bodysuit with a lavender-colored domino mask and a yeah. lavender-colored, like, girdle with one black question mark on it. And I went, oh, yes, this is the costume I remember. It's a little bit of a letdown after that awesome suit. And then he wears an even more awesome suit in the last scene, like a mauve and green plaid with, like, a, a mauve bowler hat, a, a big mauve bow tie. Aside from the tie being a little big, you would rock that outfit. Like, Aww. you would wear it. Thank you, because I was thinking that to myself as I watched it. Yeah. If someone, like, gifted you that outfit, you would be wearing it all the time. It's not like you would be like, oh, <laughs> this is a bit weird. And that, that see, that's the fun of making something really comic booky is yeah. that it's supposed to pop. It's supposed to be ridiculous. Like, even the scene where Batman goes into the dance club and everybody's, like, looking at him weird. It's like, Adam West just rocks it with a swagger. Oh, yeah. Like, his body language is like, yeah, this is what I wear to the club. Like, yeah. <laughs> deal with it. Yeah. Oh, God. It, the That scene, so 60s. And I, I would like, it was the kind of thing you're like, I never dreamed we'd get to see Batman in a, in a six, swinging 60s go-go club in the first episode. Yeah. Dancing and doing the V-eyes, you know, thing. The famous uh, Uma Thurman move. Yeah. Like, I, I never dreamed we'd get to see all that stuff in in the first episode, quote yeah. unquote. I mean, that was in the first actual that episode. Was in the first yeah, actual also episode. The, this whole first arc had so much. They were not holding back. They were throwing money at the screen, which we'll get to later. But that not holding back is like they're embracing the comic book nonsense origins yeah. of this thing. And, and even the, the the really fun way that they, just everybody takes the Riddler seriously. Like, all the police are like, oh, hey, the Riddler is on the loose. You know, they're yeah. like, quick, call Batman. And it's like, yeah. I like that this world is already established enough yeah. that it, that's another thing that comic book movies generally did for a lot of the 80s and 90s up to what Marvel does now, which yeah. is like, yeah, the guy can fly. No one gives a shit. We want to see him fly. We don't care where it comes from. Yeah. And this is the same thing. It's just like, it's already, is the Batman, Robin, you got a villain running around. He's already working with the cops. You know, you don't have yeah. to spend two hours. Like Batman begins as like hours before he's Batman. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Which just... fair enough. No one had really done that level of going into how he became Batman. Every other movie. I, I yeah. respect that they wanted to do that. But yeah, it's, it's great that with this show, they did include a lot of, Expo log yeah. to kind of get you set up just in case you'd never heard of Batman. You know, they it, they get the clue and they go, it must be the Riddler. And then they all look at the red phone and go, oh, well, we know what we have to do. And Commissioner Gordon actually says, like, I don't know who he is behind that mask, but I know when we need him. It's like, it's weird because obviously in the rest of the show, they just pick up the phone without a thought. But right. this one, it's a momentous occasion. And then when 
they call and, and Bruce Wayne is d- talking to some people at his house about some sort of crime stopping initiative he's funding. And he's like, well, I just wish this sort of thing was around when my parents were killed by that random criminal. It's like we get we get yeah. all the basics, but but we're getting the basics in a world that's already functioning and up and running. Yeah. So we can still have the big madcap Batman adventure without having to like stop and spend a lot of time showing it. This is actually a a, a counterexample to show don't tell. Yeah. I'm like just tell me where whatever and like give me the fun stuff. Yeah. And I can't believe how hard this show hit the ground running. Yeah. Like, oh god, yeah. Everything that I can conceive of as being part of this Batman. I mean, obviously Cesar Romero didn't show up with his his paint stash, but like Yeah, and no Catwoman. Mm. Yeah, you promised me three cat women, Sarah. Three cats I women. It, I don't know what it is about Julie Newmar. She's just so statuesque. <laughs> but that that being said, the fact that we just jump right in and hit the ground running, as you said earlier, they had such a strong concept of what to make this. And I think a lot of that is actually rooted in the comic book origins. They leaned on this super hard and they're like, this is the show we're making. Let's do that. Yeah, they planted their neon colored cartoon flag and just went with it. And I it's I loved it every second. I mean, the very first shot is like is supposed to be the Gotham World's Fair. So it's like crazy 60s architecture, you yeah. know, in the background. And I was like, yes. The very next shot, a very elaborately painted sign indicating that we are at a special friendship dinner given by the Prime Minister of Moldavia. And the sign is more beautiful than any sign, permanent sign for a permanent business I've ever actually seen in the real world. We paused on it for a second for some reason and I went, I just want to look at this sign for an hour. It's so beautiful. The graphic design of... Mm. And we got not one of those signs, but two, because later when it loops back around to the prime minister of yeah, Mo- we, we Moldova realized. again, Moldovia, Moldavia, Moldavia, and we realized, ha, that wasn't an unrelated uh, yeah. event. This was the whole, this is the plan the whole time. We find out that now they're having another event instead of the friendship alliance club lunch or it's whatever. It's the climax dinner. Yeah. It, the sign literally says the prime minister's climax dinner. I don't know if that was a figure of speech back then. A climax dinner. A climax dinner at which the Riddler will suddenly appear and ejaculate loudly. <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fun's fun. <laughs> yeah. The, the shifting meaning of that specific word will never not be funny to me. I make no apologies. <laughs> wow. Restraint. I just like ran off into the dark. Oh God, sorry. I'm back. Oh gosh. Okay. I was afraid I was going to have to finish this podcast alone. Glad you returned me, old chum. (laughs) Batman calling Robin chum. It's the second, the first time he said it, I went, oh my God, that's right. This show, watching this show was every five minutes. I went, oh my God, that's right. Oh my God, I forgot about Aunt Harriet. Do you, this is as good a time as any to bring up, I wrote down two of my favorite little turns of phrase that happened during Mm -hmm. this. Did you write some down as well? Oh, you, no, I did. All right, uh, I I have two. How many do you have? Look at my notes. Let me look at all these pages of notes. Five. I've got five. Okay. Here's one. Batman, uh, uh, after Riddler does something mischievous, mischievous, if you like, he says, you Jolly devil. 
Whoa! Sick burn! Someone call the fire department! There's a there's a misdirect where they think the Riddler is robbing a bank, mm-hmm. and the narrator goes, Even as the fearless minions of the law make their way to Gotham Central Bank. It's like, minions? The minions, <laughs> minions of the law. Minion is not often used in a positive light. That's right. an interesting choice. Uh, oh, I already mentioned that the rich lady refers to the Riddler as a vulgar low comedian, which is, I'm saving that insult for later. But also... I might have misheard this, but I believe that Batman also calls the Riddler, you beetle viper. <laughs> is a beetle viper a kind of snake? It's a highly specific insult. It, 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 <laughs> highly specific. Speaking of clapping back at the Riddler, uh, at one point, Robin is like, you'll never get away with this. And the Riddler's like, yes, I will. And then Robin says, it'll be a cold day in August. Before you get away with this. You can't say like, cold day in hell. Can, I know, but it's just boy, like... The boy wonder cannot be saying cusses. But August, like, just the, yeah. spe- the specificity of that. Like, a cold day in August. And I just, like, I want to start saying that. Because that is so much funnier than a yeah. cold day in hell. Yeah. Uh, also, I was going to save it for the that guy segment. But yes, Jill St. John was a Bond girl. And as we all know... James Bond, notorious for saying some really bad one-liners after someone has died. When Jill St. John's character falls into the nuclear reactor and dies, Batman says, What a terrible way to go-go. <laughs> I, c- I erased that from my mind because I was like, that is not what he said. I just yeah. misheard it. What Moving a terrible on. way to go-go. Take my hand before you go-go. Like... Seriously, that is that that is up there with some of the worst James Bond one-liners. As there's one I can't remember what it was that I was like, oh, some henchman goes through like a like a jet engine or something. It is a di- horrifying, viscerally disgusting death, and James Bond just goes, oh, he really went to pieces, didn't he? And you're like, a man has died, James. I think my favorite one of those is a guy gets cut in half and James Bond goes, he had to split. He had a family. Who are you? Anyway. It's supposed to be that he's like cold and doesn't give a shit, but it's like they're so, they're so punny. Yeah. That clearly he cares that people think he can punt. Yeah. He like, he plans these ahead of time. I'd like to see, this must have been done before, but I'd like to see a sketch uh, you know, a comedy sketch where someone dies horribly, James Bond makes a joke, and everyone in the room just turns and looks at him and is like, dude. Like, all the henchmen just stop fighting, and they're like, he had a kid! He was two weeks away from retirement! His daughter's wedding is tomorrow! Just, like, yeah. keeping it on, and James is like, oh, I, I, I'm i just sorry, I've, I, I've been saving that one up. Read the room, man! I just, has that been done? I have no Listeners, idea. It should be. If that's been done, please send me the link. I want to see it. Speaking of people you care about, Sarah, I think it's time <laughs> for a segment we like to call I Choose You. This is the segment where we like to pick out our favorite character from the show, the one that we felt kinship with, that we want to see more of. We want them to get their very own bottle episode, whatever. Strangely, who's your fave? Uh, Burt Ward stole this out from under Adam West. Really? Uh, for me, with the because they they do the thing where the the mask is on. Uh, yeah. 
on Jill. And he does a little hip cock, puts his hand on his hip, and you're like, oh, you're having fun with he's, this. Yeah, I said that when we were watching. I was like, he's having too much fun right yeah. now. And he gets to do that in the second episode of a show. The like, second episode, yeah. It was... Uh, like they didn't just, do enough with it. I, yeah. I expected them to do a little bit more, where he like has a conversation with Batman. I expected once they got into the Batcave, he was gonna try and get some secret information and get it out instead of just being like, "Aha, a gun! I'm gonna shoot you now! I'm totally not Robin after all." I thought he was gonna try to do some stuff where he'd be like, "Something's wrong with my voice." Yeah. Uh, why don't you show me your secret files, Batman? Tee or something like. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you? you just giggle? I expected more, but it was fine. Yes. But he really had a lot of fun with it. And I think like, you know, for a, a gag that they didn't really have a lot of time to like set up and pull off and play with. It was a lot. He had a lot of fun in uh-huh. that little area. And honestly, Robin is a difficult character to adapt just any way you do it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of the more ridiculous pieces of the Batman mythology. Yeah, because in modern things, they always try to make him a lot older to justify that it's okay that he is put, being put in danger. Yeah. Batman isn't putting a child in danger. Right. But if he's older, then why does he live with Bruce? And like, uh, yeah. yeah, it's and, it's a difficult balance. And like, they really struck the balance for me in this. I was like, this is, this is Camby. He's like, you know, kind of like maybe about 16 or whatever. Like, it was just like. He definitely looks older than that. Yeah. When they first show him, he's holding a toy plane. Oh, that's right. As if to be, they were trying to be like, look, he's a kid. He has a toy plane, but he looks like he's 25. Yeah. I don't know how Bert, how Bert Ward actually was when this started. I'm really curious now. He must have been at least 20, though. He does not look like a teenager. Then again, remember the, the teenagers in Jaws? Oh yeah, I turned well, it looked like they were thirty. Well, yeah, we were watching. I was just like, "Isn't it funny how teenagers in seventies movies all look like they're in their thirties and forties? Yeah, just like I, I can't get over that. Like I visit my my dad's high school and look at everyone's portraits in his senior year, and it's yeah. just like you all look like middle aged people. Yeah, even though you're all eighteen. Why do you all have mortgages already? Like I can see it in your face. So Sarah, did you have a favorite character in this pilot? Someone you want to see more of. Someone you want to see get a bottle episode. Well, it's very hard to pick a favorite character because when I was a child and I watched this show, Burt Ward as Robin was my first celebrity crush. Now I say that, it's possible that actually Will Wheaton came like a day before as, as Wesley Crusher, okay? <laughs> a day before. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, they were very close in time. It's too long ago for me to remember specifically who comes first. But I think it was Burt Ward first. I, I was in love with him. I thought he was so cute. And I was aware of the fact that it was an old show and he was like a grown-up. And the first, I'll tell you, the first time I saw a picture of him as an adult, I was really disappointed. Sure, he's a super sweet guy. He runs a dog rescue now, fun fact. He's, he's great. No shade to Burt Ward, but like childhood me was a little disappointed he wasn't more... Um, Hunky as <laughs> an adult. Uh, but yeah, so it's hard not to say Robin. I I'm still have such a fondness for him. And yeah, the whole thing about his age is very confusing. They show him with like a toy plane, but then later he's like doing algebra homework. But I think Burt Ward was like I 22. I quickly glanced at his age on Google and I'm pretty sure he was in his early 20s, but it's fine. He needed to be able to do stunts. Robin is my favorite character in this Catwoman is my eternal favorite from when I was watching as a kid. Like, she's the one I wanted to be. 
I wanted to somehow be Catwoman, but also date Robin, but that would be weird. But like, let me have both. Um, the character I want to see more of, though, based on this episode, is Aunt Harriet. Because I had completely forgotten about this character until she appeared. And I went, oh my god, that's right, Aunt Harriet. And then they go through the entire episode, all that expologue. No explanation of who Aunt Harriet is. Whose aunt is she? When Aunt Harriet gets worried because she, they, they clearly establish right away Aunt Harriet does not know about the crime shenanigans. She makes hilarious comments like, well, I wouldn't want poor Dick to be exposed to any criminal element. All that expologue about his parents, you know, kind of setting up what's going on. We have no idea who Aunt Harriet is. And I'm realizing now that like, yeah, I watched the show. I have no idea who Aunt Harriet is. Is she just a housekeeper? Is she Dick's aunt? No, she would live with Dick then. Or Dick would live with her, right? right. Like, she's not Bruce's aunt. Yeah. So I really, really am looking forward to... Well, spoiler alert, I want to watch more of this. and I want to find out who the heck Aunt Harriet is. Was she even in the comics? Why I, did, I'm not... This it, is my first awareness of Aunt Harriet as yeah, a character. I've definitely never seen her in any of the other movies. Aunt yeah. Harriet has never been mentioned. It's just... Bruce and Alfred and sometimes Dick Grayson. Like, well, I know there have been other Robins, but... Like, yeah, I really would love to, to to find out, like... If she was added for the show, what was the thought there? Did the network go, hey, it's a little weird for three guys to live together alone. We need a female element or something? This show is packed with characters. Yeah. It's, it's like wall-to-wall characters yeah. and great hair. Oh. Look, strangely, I do need to mention this during this section because you're talking about your favorite characters and you picked Robin and you're completely ignoring the fact that when we first saw Commissioner Gordon, you said... Daddy. <laughs> His hair was really good. He had, like, absolutely that, like... I don't... I, I'm not, like, aware of this actor other than Commissioner Me Gordon. Me either. But, like, he turned around and he was just, like perfectly quaffed in sort of that like late middle-aged 60s man kind of way yeah that it, just it was just startling because i don't know i just obviously when i was a kid he just looked like a grandpa or something yeah. and that watching this that one scene where he's like he's got his jacket off and he's like got glasses on and he's kind of slumped in his chair because he's like thinking about something and the phone rings and he suddenly sits up alert i'm like okay i see it yeah I see the impulse that caused you to say daddy. Well, it's like there, there's something in this actor. And I mean, this is maybe me reading into it, but it's like he had kind of like this, like, you know, older tiger kind of set. You know, it's like the 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 vibe is like, and I mean, it's a great vibe for Gordon because it's like this guy used to be a beat cop. He worked his way all the way up to commissioner. You know, the character history is actually very rich and he's someone who still ends up getting into punch-ups helping out Batman from time to time. So, like, to have this guy who kind of looks like he could still kind of kick your ass, I was just like, I was into it. Because he wasn't just, like, a any old dude in a suit. He just, he had he had some, he had a powerful vibe, and I responded to it instinctively. <laughs> Don't at me. No, I, this is just so funny to me, because my memory, at least of the show, is that he never does anything. He answers the phone, he calls Batman, and he puzzles over the Riddler's nonsense. Well, I'm calling him, and I hope he answers the phone. <laughs> I, I I hope that I'm misremembering, and there is an episode where he gets to, you know, get into a fight or something. But I really remember him mostly just wearing suits and 
But he wears them so well. Making Sarah. dramatic comments, but yeah. And uh, we didn't get to hear uh, the, the chief say hi in Bagora, but uh, it'll happen. We'll get there. Speaking of suits, Sarah, <laughs> there was definitely a lot of money being spent on things during this uh, production. Yeah, costumes being only one. So uh, I think now is a great time for us to ask, Where did the money go? This is the section where we like to talk about where the money looks like it was spent on the show. It's a little bit anti-baseball, but we enjoy it. Uh, was there one big splash? Was this an expensive production or a cheap one? Was it evenly spread out? Uh, how do we feel? It was really lavish. Um, a lot of things. I mean, Batcave set, big and exciting. Yeah. Batmobile looks like an actual kick-ass like, car. Like A lot of this is like good stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, they hit the ground running, as we already said. Like... They did not hold back. It's not like they went, well, this is the pilot. Let's see how people feel about yeah. it. They're like, no, no, no. If we're doing a Batman show, we're doing a Batman show. And like the special effect of the bat signal on the clouds, like that was great. Like yeah. they had a lot of really good stuff going on. Yeah, that matte painting was gorgeous. <laughs> I, the thing that blew me away with this though was the some of the stunts and uh, pyrotechnics that they had. Like bat, when Batman sets a bomb to like catch the Riddler in his lair... And then the wall blows up. It's like, that dude, I don't know if they like warned that actor. That's the actor. It's not a stuntman. It's like the bomb goes off like in his face and a bunch yeah. of like wall rubble comes flying at him. And then Batman comes running in through Frank the Gorshin hole. Frank throws himself onto a table as yeah. if the blast is <laughs> But there were a lot of things like that in this yeah. where it's like, it was way better of an explosion or uh, effect than I was expecting yeah. from what I had, have always heard referred to as like the cheese balliest of cheese ball shows. Yeah, it, it really, it felt like they were throwing money at the show. Yeah. Like, for example, it could have been uh, oh, the Riddler and, and Robin trading barbs and all of a sudden the wall explodes and Batman jumps out. No, we see Batman enter the subway station because we've established that he's hiding yeah. in a subway station. He enters the subway station a random beat cop says, hi, Batman. And Batman says, uh, hello. <laughs> it's like... Super awkward, like, walk-on role. Yeah, it's like, what, was that the producer's, like, nephew or yeah. something? Like, how did... This guy... It, 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 Adam West looks surprised by it. Like, oh, hello. Like, oh, I forgot I was supposed to talk to this guy. Because it makes no sense. Yeah. Then you see him walk in. He sets up the bomb. There's a beautiful custom-made poster that says, visit Gotham City Beach. Yeah. He, like, goes off to the side. He does a little gimmick. To, he does some sort of magical, you know, bat gadget to blow up the wall. We see all of that leading up to the wall actually exploding. Yeah. They and just, it's a really good explosion. Yeah. And it, yeah, and then, yes, also it's a good explosion. Yeah. But the, the, the setup of every little thing. We had, like, 15 sets. Yeah. Including... Obviously, the Batcave and the Batmobile are going to be two really big ticket items. They yeah. had all of those machines. They had a million gadgets. They had, like, the the office where they first catch the Riddler. Yeah. They have his two different hideouts for the gang. They have the club. They have the all subway. All the outdoor shooting with the car chase. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, there's a huge, long car chase yeah. where, where Batman's chasing the Riddler and Jill St. John... Uh, exclamation point Robin. So, yeah, I, I just, it blows the, 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 the mind boggles. Yeah. At how much they threw at this show. And it's funny, like, thinking about even adjusting for inflation, how it probably wasn't as expensive as it feels like it should have been. Like, compared to modern productions where, like, 
I don't, you know, I, I know that there's inflation, but it's just like the way money is spent on modern productions, like, is so different now with sort of how they schedule things and multiple camera setups and everything. Like, there's, there's also something about this that really feels very excited about what they're making. Like, it feels like everybody involved is just really swinging for the fences. It's not <laughs> like there's a couple people on this that are like, you know, trying to make a cool, you know, it's like, you'll see like a really cool hat on the Riddler, but then like the henchmen aren't dressed funky. It's like, even like random henchman number three is like comic book perfect looking villain with yeah. like his horizontal striped white shirt. He's got his yeah. little kerchief. He's like a bad dock worker kind of guy. It's like, yeah. you know, just like, there's all these bits of like visual storytelling that are happening where clearly the production design, set design had gotten deep into this comic book world and like really tried to make it pop. The only thing that I've seen that pops more than this really is the the Dick Tracy movie. And honestly, this felt like that a lot where it's like Oh yeah. Similar this, similar vibe of yeah. we are going comic book with this. Yeah, like you know, like this character who looks ridiculous in a comic book, make him just make him in real life. Yep. There he is. There you go. Oh, I loved it. Speaking of things that I loved, Sarah, I have a lot of things that I want. And I think one of the best ways to talk about things that we want is to move on to a segment that we like to call... Clips and Chips! This is a segment where we predict uh, season one cliffhangers, uh, any relationships that we want to see flourish, uh, general predictions of what we want to see in the show going forward. Uh, season one cliffhanger, a guy in, with a red cape shows up. He's got like... His red underpants on the outside, <laughs> blue tights, uh, big S on his chest. And he shows up and he's like, uh, hello, I hear your mother's name is Martha. Credits! <laughs> huh? Huh? Uh, well, I mean, like... D- Why did you say that name? I mean, first of all, I don't... I mean, let's address that every episode of this show had a cliffhanger in the middle. I mean, uh-huh. like two-part episodes yeah. with a cliffhanger in the middle. This show was like, we're not waiting for the season to season for a cliffhanger. Cliffhangers every week. Yeah, it's great. It's like an old uh, movie serial. They're like, will Batman triumph over the Riddler? Yeah. And like, uh, I love I love that kind of like announcer. And also like the sort of omniscient announcer who's like commenting on things. Yeah. It's like, meanwhile, in yeah. the Riddler's underground hideout. Yeah. But well, like also, the way he says it, it's like this place sucks. Yeah. <laughs> they also the, the those those will the Batman triumph. There's usually they work puns into those too yeah. because you know the show loved its puns. Uh, it also loved labeling things. I know this is off topic for this segment, but can we just take a moment for literally everything being labeled? When the panel opens in the wall to their fireman poles that they take to get down to the Batcave. Not only is there a sign saying poles leading to Batcave, there is a sign on either pole saying this one's for Robin and this one's for Batman. So like, good. don't don't take my pole, man. It's yeah. sanitary. No, you don't want to get on. <laughs> don't another, touch. You don't want to get on another man's pole without asking. Well, especially when one of them is underage. Okay. Uh, he's twenty-two. But also the 12. The characters, yeah. That's Big, it. That's it. Yeah. He he just happens to collect toy planes. It was a one-to-one perfect scale replica of a 1912 with Camel, okay? It's not just a toy plane. Anyway, I'm sorry. That was, I hope, I'm sure I absolutely, that 
was not the right year. But anyway. But that was a that was a good deep cut for a plane, like soft with camel. Like that's a good reference. Thank you. Solid. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway. Speaking of not that, I really <laughs> ship. Uh, I kind of have a ship of Alfred and uh, Aunt. Uh, what's her name? Aunt, Aunt Harriet. Aunt Harriet. Like have like a cute little old people domestics romance. Like it just be like a cute little. Like I'd forgotten. He has the best face. He does. I'm sorry. This is my Alfred. This is always my Alfred. <laughs> Any other Alfred is like, yeah, I guess you're an old guy. That that'll do. Yeah, he's de- he's delightful. He's, oh, he's so great. Love him. That would be very cute. <laughs> I feel like I can't make predictions because I've seen so much of the show. I know that like, yeah. in my memory at least, nothing ever happens. Which is a perfect segue into our next segment. What will this show be? In this segment, we like to speculate about what we think the day-to-day slog of the show will be. Is it going to be a bat procedural or a bat cooking show or perhaps (laughs) a uh, bat travelogue? Yeah. Obviously, we've both... I mean, I haven't seen a full episode of this before, but I've seen enough of this to know what Batman's doing every week. Right. There are some pilots where they spend a lot of time establishing characters, bringing the team together, setting the rules of the universe in terms of fantasy and sci-fi, and you don't even know what the day-to-day vibe is going to be until you get to episode two. This, no. Complete opposite. We're they, already in, this could, this episode could be the middle of season three for yeah. all that it has Aside already Aside from the expo log, if yeah. you just cut out, if you edited out those bits, you could show this to someone and they'd, you'd be like, guess what season this was from? They'd have no idea. Yeah. I mean, they might be like, Larry Niven's mustache is smaller than it is in later seasons. Someone who knew that much about the show would know this is the first episode. Yeah. Come on now. Uh, but yeah, it's... It's, it's a bit... It's a bit... It's, it's, this show knew what it was about, uh-huh. son. Like, this show, is, everything about it says... We had a concept. We knew exactly what we were doing. It's it's such a treat for someone who watched a lot of the show. It's always a bummer to go back and be like, oh, they really hadn't gotten a handle on it in the pilot yet. No, this is it, man. Shit, everything is labeled. Most things have the word bat in front of them. The Riddler has to make stupid puns. It's It's everything. It's everything. Since the show knows exactly what it is, and we know that it knows that we know exactly what it is, I think it's time for our final verdict. Sarah, did this Wait, pi- hold on. What? We haven't done It's That Guy. Well, you said Jill St. John already, and I mean, I can't imagine a better that gal than that. That's true. Everyone else in the show I know from this show. Proceed. <laughs> did this pilot do the job of a pilot and make you want to watch more? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Duh. I, I have to be honest. Like, I'm so glad that we have pizzas sitting here mm-hmm. and that as soon as we hit stop on recording this, we can just watch more Batman because yes, I'm, so, <laughs> I, I'm just so swept <laughs> away by, by this. Like it's, it is very camp, but it knows that it's camp and it's having fun with it. You know, Adam West is like, he's he's just really in this role. He's clearly, everyone's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. And like, I don't know, there's so many pilots where, where like they feel the need to kind of play it safe. Yeah. And like, boy, did they not play it safe with this. That, there are so many moving parts to this plan 
The Riddler, if he had just done the thing where he tricks them into catching him not doing a crime and then sues Batman, which forces him to reveal his his secret identity, like, I thought, wow, this is a big concepty type of plot yeah. for the first episode. Then he immediately ruins the plan by doing a bunch of other bullshit. Like, he does so much other... Also, the kidnapping. Then he tries to kill Batman. He's like, look, I either want to reveal his identity or kill him or possibly just steal this big elephant. Like, my dude, you shot yourself in the foot here. Like, what is the... Huh? Yeah, no, that was such a good plan. And then he went, okay, but that plan was so five minutes ago. Let's do three other plans. And it just... This show was just doing everything, and I love it so much because it's the chaotic energy that I remember. Although I think the plots were maybe slightly less circuitous than the rest of the show. One thing they didn't do that I remember very fondly is that the henchmen, there's always different henchmen. Right. And usually they have nicknames that are themed to the heist. If the heist is at an aquarium, it's like, the penguin is trying to steal a rare whale skeleton from the the Gotham City Aquarium. Come here, Pearl. Well, hi, I'm Jill St. John again for some reason. I'm not dead. I'm Pearl this time. And then you you go over there and and help Mollusk and Clam load the laser. I just, oh, it's so good. And I'm, I'm sad we didn't get that in this episode, but it's okay. I had to get that out before we finished. Well. <laughs> no, no, hold on, hold on. One more thing. One more thing. I'm like Columbo over here. Oh, yeah, just, uh, just one more thing. Seatbelts. They did not put on their seatbelts when they got in the Batmobile, and I was waiting for it because on the show, I remember every time they got in the Batmobile, there would be a specific shot, a dedicated shot that was set up just to show them putting their seatbelts on. I was like waiting for it, like, yeah, 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 flicking their seatbelts, and then they don't. Nobody uses a seatbelt in this episode, and I went, what? Because I remembered hearing a fun fact that the reason they did that dedicated shot was that seatbelts were kind of a new thing, and this was to encourage kids to think seatbelts were cool. They didn't want kids saying, well, Batman doesn't wear a seatbelt, so they showed them. So I looked it up. Uh This pilot was in 66. Seatbelts became standard in all cars in 68. Boom. So apparently two seasons later, they're going to add that shot of them. And honestly, I I would not be entirely surprised if they didn't go back and edit that into some of the earlier episodes for syndication to help encourage the kids. It's cool to wear a seatbelt. I mean, his whole thing is like, they, they, they saw off that gate on the yeah. window. It's like, wait, pedestrian safety. Yeah, but Robin's about to throw it off of the ledge and he's like, no, we can't hurt the pedestrians. So he puts like a bat hook on the wall. Yeah. Batman invented command hooks. Who knew? Wayne <laughs> Enterprises is very on top of this stuff. And then hangs it on the wall. It's just that whole like, well, I might be a daring superhero, but there's no need to break the law, son. You know, yeah. that attitude, it's so wholesome and I love that it's there from the beginning. Even though we don't get the seatbelts until later. All right, I just had to get that in under the wire. The bat wire. Ah, and on that note. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Pilot House. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pilot House Pod. Visit our website, pilothousepodcast.com 
or email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com to suggest future topics. Please share this episode with someone or rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show. Our podcast is entirely listener-supported, so thanks to our special guest stars, Cynthia, Tina, and Juniper. Visit patreon.com slash pilothouse to find out how you can become a series regular. Pilot House is a Herringbone Society production. You interest me, strangely.